Hi, this is Nick Forster. We're going to share one of our favorite E-Town shows from the archives, and it starts right now. Live from E-Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's guests from Brooklyn, New York, Villery, Achievement Award winner, Rose Tourget, and from West Orange, New Jersey, Betty Levette. I'm Helen Forster. Join me now in welcoming Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Welcome, everybody, to E-Town Hall. We meet again. So first, let's just agree that music is the greatest. I don't care what anybody says. From the silly to the sublime, from the devastatingly honest or really danceable, music is just a great friend to all of us. And if you dig and you do some homework, you're always going to find these pockets of history where something really special was happening in the musical world. Our two guests this week have kind of been mining that territory in different ways. Vilry is an amazing singer and guitarist from New York. He grew up in Brooklyn. He studied at the uh, New England Conservatory. He plays in the subways and clubs in New York City, but um, he often shines a light on the popular music from the swing era, the Tin Pan Alley songs from the 30s and 40s. He's also a composer, and he writes for film and for television, but his sweet spot is that particular time in musical history. Betty Levette has lived all of her musical history. She doesn't need to look back. She was there. She was there in 1962 when her first record came out, when she was 16 and was a top 10 R&B hit and led to tours with Benny King and Otis Redding, and she was friends with Aretha Franklin when she was a teenager in Detroit. She kept making records and was part of the James Brown show. She kept making records, sang on Broadway for six years with other actors, including Cab Calloway. She sang disco songs. She kept making records. She won all kinds of awards. She sang at the Kennedy Center. She sang at Obama's inauguration. She sang at Carnegie Hall. She has lived her musical history, and now she's here with us. She's got a new record called Things Have Changed, all Bob Dylan songs. So please help me welcome back to E-Town, Betty Levette. Thank you. Thank you so much, hey, E-Towners. <laughs> so good to be back with you again. This uh, strange venture that I'm on here now. I want to give you this one life lesson. If you're 72... Do not attempt to learn 12 Bob Dylan songs. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> this is Mr. Evan Mercer, who will be trying to help me struggle through this. window You can leave at your own show's speed I ain't the one you want, baby I don't think I'm the one you need You tell me you're looking for someone 
never weak, but I'm always strong to stand up and defend you. Whether you're right or wrong, somebody to open every door, but it ain't me, baby. No, 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 it ain't me, baby. It ain't me, baby. You're looking for. from the ledge, baby. Go lightly to the ground. I ain't the one you want, baby. I won't do nothing but let you down. Tell me you're looking for someone Someone who promised never apart Someone who close her eyes for you Somebody to open up your heart Somebody who died for you and more But it ain't me, baby No, 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 no It ain't me, baby It ain't me, baby You're looking for into the night, baby. Everything inside here's made of stone. There ain't nothing in here moving. And anyway, I ain't alone. You're looking for somebody who pick you up every time you fall to carry flowers constantly to come every time you call a love for you. A love for your life and more But it ain't me, baby No, 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 no It ain't me, baby It ain't me, baby No, no. 
thank you. Thank you so much. Where are we going? Betty LeVette. Hey, Nick. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. So good to have you here. Thank you. Congratulations on your new record. Thank you. A record of Bob Dylan's songs. Two questions. First, how did you choose the songs? Because there's about 7,000 of them. And uh, how, did you, how did you sift through and figure out which ones were going to work for you? That was probably more due to my husband, Kevin Kiley. He listened to hundreds of songs and narrowed them down to about 70, maybe. There are only so many that would be appealing enough to sing or that I could really match with. And well, so that wasn't very difficult. I knew which ones looked like me. Right. Well, you know, because they're characters and there's stories and there's narrative. And in some ways you have to, just knowing how you are as a singer, you've got to get inside these songs, right? So. Yeah, well, the first thing that helped me out was I realized that, that like myself, Bob complains about everything. <laughs> just like an old woman. <laughs> And I'm an old woman. So we had that in common right off the bat. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. But you know, the other thing, the other thing I found, Nick, is that um, if you are in an argument with an old black woman, she can get the whole argument done in three verses, right. not seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Now, you had, a, you had some really interesting people. I mean, obviously, um, Steve Jordan was producing the record, mm -hmm. and he's recorded with Dylan before. Yes. And you had um, Larry, Campbell. Larry Campbell playing, and Larry, of course, was in Dylan's band for years and yes. years. So did they tell Dylan's stories while you're making the record? Well, no, not really. Um, I don't know that, that he appeals to them that much, but there were things... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, who else played on the record? You had some other special yes, guests Pino on there. Pino Right. Then yeah. Keith Richards was kind enough to come in and play a solo for me. And Trombone Shorty was kind enough to come yeah. and play yeah. a solo for me. And I was so very, very grateful yeah. to them. I, you know, Keith Richards, as I was telling him, is indeed my contemporary Actually, my first record came out before theirs. But, <laughs> but they all became millionaires, and I never got a chance to meet them or work with them. And so I was very flattered he consented to come and play for me. I was so grateful to him. Yeah. Well, it's an amazing thing because you're recasting these songs in ways that actually make them sound kind of like new songs. They sound like Betty Lovett songs. I mean, I'm hearing these songs that I've heard before and discovering them, you know, <laughs> which is cool, and it's hard to do. So congratulations. Well, it, it, I had not heard them before, so yeah. that was why it was easy. <laughs> Bob was not played a lot on black radio. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> in case you just tuned in, you're listening to E-Town. I'm here with Betty Levette. And uh, one of the songs you cut on the record is Living in a Political World, and I know that's not in your set today, but it's kind of true these days. Oh, absolutely. I think that uh, times are changing, uh, things have changed, political world. They're just, they could have been written last week. Yeah. And you sang, as I mentioned, at the uh, Obama inauguration. Mm -hmm. 
You sung uh, for the Kennedy Center honors there. Yes. Have you gotten involved in political campaigns or political causes in your career? Um, I really just like to keep them separate. When I'm there performing, I'm strictly performing to entertain you. I'm not trying to teach you anything. I'm not trying to make you realize anything other than emotions and feelings. And that's the part of it I deal with. Yeah. Well, I know from spending a little time with you over the years that you are a a no-nonsense performer. You work hard, and when you get to the gig, you do everything you can to put on a good show. Yes. It's amazing. Thank you. Well, Betty, thanks so much for coming back. Congratulations on the new record. And uh, let's get back to music. Welcome back, if you would, Betty LeVette. Thank you. Shortcuts, I might even dress and drag Only a 
Records out on Verve Records. It's called Things Have Changed. 
Along with Evan Mercer on the keyboards, E-Tones, Chris Engelman, Christian Teal, and Ron Jolly. They'll be back to play some more music later on in the show. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. And by our diverse family of NPR affiliates and community stations, plus college and commercial stations, as well as our international stations and podcast subscribers worldwide. Thank you for your continued support. If you happen to tune in late and you've missed some of this week's program, the E-Town Podcast will have this episode and others, along with content from past shows as well. It'll be available for free in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast directories. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. This is E-Town. Betty Levette is going to be back later on in the show. And coming up, Vilray is here, a uh, great guitar player and singer from New York City. Before we get back to music, we're going to introduce you all to somebody who is stepping up and making a difference in their hometown. We get to do this every week. These are always folks who are uh, just looking around and finding ways to make things better. But unlike most of us, they actually take that first step and try to actually do something about it. And those steps always add up, and they do, in fact, make a difference. So we get to give them some recognition with something called the Achievement Award. And here comes Helen Forster to tell you about this week's winner. Thank you, Nick. Station KBAC listener Janine Pearson of Santa Fe, New Mexico, sent in this week's story about Rose Tourget. She's formerly of Los Angeles, California, and she now lives in Santa Fe herself. Now, years ago, Rose was working at a large engineering and um, architectural firm in Los Angeles as she stepped outside for her lunch break, which she rarely did, and she suddenly heard loud bangs and noises coming from down the street. Well, curiosity got the best of her, and she decided to investigate. What she discovered down the street led her to make a major life change. The result? An amazing amount of usable items have been kept from the landfill, and delivered into the hands of those who could reuse them, first in the Los Angeles area and more recently in New Mexico as well as other locations. Now, I realize I'm being vague, but that's because I want Rose to fill you in on her story herself. We're lucky enough to have her with us in person to tell us more, so please join me now in welcoming this week's Achievement Award winner, Rose Torget. Hi, Rose. Hi, Nick. Nice to you? meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you. Helen mentioned this event that happened when you were working. You heard this big noise, and you went out. And what was it that you discovered in the street? I discovered that there was a building that was surrounded by chain-link fencing, and there was furniture pouring out the third-story windows, chairs and tables and desks. And moments later, they were just broken into bits. Oh, they wow. were just being pushed out the windows. Wow. So it was shocking to see something like that because it seemed wasteful. 
It was. Yeah. And I, in my career, I, I came from one of the studios in Burbank, and I cynically thought perhaps they were filming a, a movie or right. a commercial. <laughs> um, so I, I thought more and more about this as I was walking back to the office. Yeah. And I mentioned this to my colleagues who basically said, do you know what, Rose? I'm sure it's all being recycled and it's really not your problem and just get back to work. Right. But it wore on me a little bit and the next day I, I went back to that same site and stayed in my car this time. And then I followed those trucks that supposedly were going to recycle and instead they went to the landfill. Oh, wow. So it was just straight out of the office into the trucks and into the dump. Right. So how do you change that kind of behavior? What did you decide to do now that you had the information? Essentially, I was left with a decision. You know, should I continue figuring this out and, or should I give it a rest and leave it to the construction industry or the built environment industry? Right. And I thought at that time that if one person acts, then many could, you know, follow. So I chose to leave my job and oh, I started wow. anew. That's the name of the nonprofit. And anew. Anew. Mm-hmm. And so you started anew, literally and literally. Right. I did. And, uh, but um, so I thought for sure these items could find a better home and uh, at least have an encore for reuse. Right. So these people who are doing demolition and contractors who are, you know, going to have to clear the stuff out, do they now seek you out? Yes. Do you charge them a fee to come into a site and take all the old office furniture away or... How does it work? Yeah, so a corporate company would call us, and they might have several offices and or in an office building, several floors of office furniture and equipment and office supplies. So they have to hire someone, a contractor, mm-hmm. or hire a mover or a hauler. And as a nonprofit, we can come in there with fees that are very competitive And we write a proposal for very detailed work on how to remove it, how to dismantle it, how to load it out into the trucks. And then we schedule those trucks that are delivered to the schools or the nonprofits or the recycle centers. Wild. And then we track all of those activities. So you know where everything goes. Correct. When it leaves an office, you know exactly where it, what truck it goes on, where it's going to go. And so you're dealing with schools, you're dealing with nonprofits, you're dealing with other organizations that are looking for this kind of material and these kinds of items. Mm -hmm. And so is it primarily desks and furniture and file cabinets and chairs, or does this also include some computers or electronics or printers or anything like that? Yes, anything you can imagine in an office setting. So appliances, you know, most office settings have a small lunchroom. So there would be a refrigerator, microwave, coffee maker, stacking chairs. We've actually helped to decommission buildings. Decommissioning means when you are taking apart a building brick by brick. So we've helped to redistribute air conditioning units and elevators and all kinds of things. Wild. Mm -hmm. That's wild. And is this all in the Los Angeles area? I started in Los Angeles because I'm from Los Angeles and my career was, you know, based there. But we work across the country and all in North America. Mm-hmm. So we're in Canada um, doing business right now. It's wild. Um, and we have several projects going on anywhere from the east coast of New Jersey and New York. And we're in Seattle as well. Los Angeles, so Texas. Amazing. And so um, it seems remarkable that so much material and so much reusable 
and good quality furniture and other items would be just abandoned. But it is kind of the nature of what happens when businesses either grow or shrink or are acquired or whatever, right? Right. Um, and especially that's the case with technology. It turns over so quickly. Yeah. So we're able to take those electronics and put them in the hands of teachers for their classrooms and others. Wild. Mm-hmm. That's so great. And then I think most importantly what we do is we verify what we do. We don't just say we're doing green. We do green. And we don't just say we're sustainable. We are in terms of making sure that every desk, every refrigerator, every box of supplies, is, um, it's accounted for. And it's uh, weighed and it's measured. We know where it's going. That's wild. And then we can track and report that back to the donating company. So interesting. So um, how many pounds of equipment have you diverted from the landfill so far since you've weighed everything? So we were founded in 2005, and since 2005, we've totaled approximately 18 million pounds. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. All from this one sort of uh, shocking revelation as you're walking back to work one day mm-hmm. on your lunch hour and you see this stuff being thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a website, Rose, where we can go and look and see if we want to learn more information about this? So you can find us on www.anewfound.org. A-N-E-W-F-O-U-N-D, anewfound.org. Uh-huh. Obviously, you're almost entirely self-sustaining, but you're a nonprofit since it's a .org. Absolutely. So if people want to contribute and help you in your efforts, they can. Yes, we have a button on our website, so please click it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it's an amazing story. And again, I love these stories where just one random sort of happenstance turns into an entire organization that's now having such a huge impact throughout North America. Congratulations. Thank you so much. That's the winner of this week's Achievement Award, Rose Tourget. Many thanks to listener Janine Pearson for this great story. If you just tuned in and missed part of this interview, you can find it on our website, etown.org, where you can learn about some of our other recent award winners, too. Also, if you want to nominate someone for the award, you can learn what we look for, and you can submit your nomination on our website as well. Or you can always write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, Rose. We are going to have more uh, music coming up in just a little while from Betty Levette. So cool having her on the show. Um, I want to tell you now about our next guest. Bill Ray is a guy who grew up in Brooklyn. Even that is not something you hear all the time. But he grew up in Brooklyn, uh, got into a musical zone, and decided to go to the New England Conservatory to study music there. Along the way, he met, uh, among many other people, the folks from Lake Street Dive. And he's going to embark later this year on a new project with Rachel Price as a duet. They've been playing some gigs together in New York. But anyway, he went to the New England Conservatory, came back has been sort of in and out of music, but predominantly he got just fascinated with these songs from these Tin Pan Alley uh, jazz standards from the 30s and 40s. And he's got a great style as a solo artist. He's plied his trade often in the subways where it sounds great. And I know there's a particular skill to playing down there on the subway platforms and timing your uh, set list appropriately. We'll touch on that later, I'm sure. 
But he's a great guitar player and great singer. He's got a ton of great songs. And he's also a composer for film and television and a super interesting guy. Please welcome for his first visit to E-Town, Vilri. Uh, I was thinking about it backstage. Rose and I have a lot in common in that we're both sort of recycling things. I'm recycling culture from the 30s and 40s. There's a lot of great songs that nobody really plays, and I try to resurrect them. the start of it We lived dead and we loved every part of it The glow of moonlight in the park The lights that spell your name The autumn breeze that finds that set our hearts aflame Our kiss was a sky ride to the highest star We made it without touching a handlebar And I gave you my love To the melody of The music, the madness That made our Manhattan serenade Serenade. 
Thanks so much. Um, I didn't write that song, but uh, <laughs> it's a good one, right? Louis Alter wrote that song in the late 20s, and apparently he was just walking around New York, and he'd been commissioned to write a song by Paul Whiteman, who was like the big star at the time, and uh, that's what he came up with. I was walking around Paris about a year ago. Um, I knew Cole Porter spent a lot of time there, and so I was wondering what songs he'd written, and he wrote, Let's Do It. Bees do it, birds do it, educated fleas do it. And I was thinking about that song. It's a great song, love Cole Porter, but I'm not sure the science backs up the thesis of the song. So I decided to write this song. It's kind of a response. Oh, the kingdom of the animals is vast. For all those happy critters, not one frets about the past. And then there's me, thinking constantly of all those happy days that didn't last. Each darling song but above Sing songs without singing out love The tiger and the lion Don't need shoulders to cry on So I do I Clams to my knowledge don't say and owls ain't left wondering why Each time their fellow flies out They needn't weep their eyes out So I do I The Bible taught man calls the shots For every beast and bird But I've listened hard in my backyard And this is what I've heard don't want flowers who shout And lies won't win love from the trout The saddest armadillo Don't cry into his pillow So I do shots for every beast and bird but I've listened hard in my backyard and this is what I've heard bees don't want flowers who shout and lies won't win love from the trout the saddest armadillo don't cry into his pillow so I 
How are you doing? That sounded great. I'm doing great. Yeah. Thank you. I'm trying to imagine the household in Brooklyn that you grew up in, in which those songs would have found their way into your young mind. Yeah, well, it wasn't through my parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my parents were listening to, you know, Bob Dylan and a lot of old soul music. And um, I went, my mother forced me to learn guitar when I was nine years old. Mm. There was something very romantic about the guitar for her. So she asked my older brother if he wanted to learn. And he was five years older than me, so 14. And he was like, no, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> and... Uh, and I was nine, so she made me do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I played a lot of, like, classical stuff. I think that's where I got into the finger-picking. And, yeah. uh, and so were you playing classical guitar when you went to the New England Conservatory? Was that your thing? So I went to high school between being nine and being in college, and uh, um, I, I wasn't, like, you know, yeah, yeah. some wunderkind yeah. or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in high school... I got into jazz because I went to a special high school for music and art. Uh, was that in your neighborhood or was it you have to travel? Yeah, I had to travel. Yeah. And that was a blast. Yeah. But anyway, so I was in the big band because I was playing guitar and there are no guitars in the orchestra. And uh, that's where I got into jazz. Yeah. And so that's what took you to the New England Conservatory, that direction. Yes. I did sort of a crash course in jazz over the course of three years, my sophomore year through my senior year. I just like went from... 1925 or whatever to 1972. Like I remember going to Tower Records and like buying a lot of, first it was a lot of swing and then it was a lot of bebop and then it was a lot of hard bop and then it, you know, it was post bop and then I was yeah. listening to really out stuff. I was like 17 and my mother was like knocking on the door because I was listening to Eric Dolphy too loud. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> so. Right. Imagine if you'd gone through all that now where you'd say I'd go to Tower Records and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, and like holding a book is old fashioned. Right. <laughs> Um, but I got very into composition and that's what brought me to the New England Conservatory. Yeah. I was there for composition. Wild, wild. Now, are these uh, marketable skills once you got out of college? Well, my immediate job after college was to work in a factory, which I did for 12 years. And then I broke my finger and I couldn't use my hand and I was in a cast and that's what kind of woke me up and I was like, uh, I, my life is wrong. And so I started going down to the subway and playing and it was amazing to me how playing this old music really resonated with people. Mm -hmm. um, I just tried to find songs that people don't really know and play those and write songs and kind of pull one over on people. Yeah. Yeah. To make them think that your new song is an old song. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Who wrote that? Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite question. Who right. wrote that? Who wrote that? Like, is that a Cole Porter tune? None of your business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the duet with Rachel Price must be super fun. Oh, it's the funnest way to make music. We share a vintage ribbon microphone, which sits between us, yeah. you know, singing love songs for an hour. You know, or having love songs sung at me for an hour is, I got the best job in the world. Uh, I think so too. <laughs> well, listen, let's get back to music, and thanks for coming once again from Brooklyn, New York, Villery. tomorrow too that way maybe my love will last out the whole week through and wait for two a month twelve months to a year and so on 
Your heart may have the time to grow on the notion of me I pray, look at my lips parting to kiss with you Don't say you've made up your mind to go out and find love too I'm here looking adoringly at you Please stay just for today, maybe tomorrow too Slow Boat, which is available for download on Bandcamp. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. As a reminder, for your viewing pleasure, there are over 2,000 videos on the E-Town YouTube channel, where you can also subscribe in order to stay up to date with our latest offerings. And if you're curious about E-Town's home base, E-Town Hall, our beautiful solar-powered music venue, community center, and recording studio located in downtown Boulder, Colorado, you can learn more about it on our website, etown.org. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who hear E-Town on stations like KCHO in Chico, California, on WTYD in Williamsburg, Virginia, and through Progressive Voices, based in New York City, heard everywhere through ProgressiveVoices.com. As always, if you want some more information or you'd like to see videos of any of the music that you're hearing this week, lots of stuff is online, both at E-Town's website, etown.org, and on our YouTube channel. 
So, so far, so good. You guys holding up all right? We have touched on the timelessness of music and the, the fact that good, solid office furniture. Not sure anyone has ever really made the comparison before, but it makes sense. If they're well-crafted to begin with, a good song or a good desk can have a long life. Um, and we are going to continue uh, right now with our visit to really one of this country's great musical ambassadors, someone who has seen it all. Please welcome back along with Evan Mercer on the keys, Betty Levette. Thank you so much. I want to thank Nick and Helen and the E-Toners and everybody who's been so helpful to us. Please give them all a big round of applause. I'll do right back to you You gotta do on the others 
is called Things Have Changed. Thank you so much. Along with Evan Mercer on the keyboards and the E-Tones, Chris Engelman, Christian Teal, Ron Jolly. Thank you all. We've got time for one more song. We're going to do this, um, this crazy combo that we hope you enjoy. I want to thank all our guests this week. Of course, um, thanks to Villery for coming out from Brooklyn, New York. Thanks to Rose Tourge, our award winner, keeping perfectly good office furniture out of the dump and in the hands of folks who need it. Thanks to Betty Levette, along with Evan Mercer. Thanks to all of you for joining us. This is going to be interesting, and I really hope you like it. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. Seen a lot of things in this old world. When I touched them, they did nothing, girl Ooh, baby Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours Ooh, baby, set my soul on fire That's why I know you are my one desire Ooh, baby, here I am Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours
Downs, recorded at E-Town Hall, and produced by our donor-supported nonprofit organization. To comment about the show, email us at info at etown.org or connect with us on Twitter or on Facebook. Distribution is made possible by our family of sponsors, this station, and listeners like you. so much. We'll see you next time. This is a production of E-Town. Okay, there you have it, folks. Betty LeVette, such a gravelly, soulful singer, but she's so fun to play music with. And of course, Bill Ray, what a great guitar player, reminiscent of Chet Atkins and so many others of my favorites. I'm Nick Forrester. Thank you for listening.